Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Podcast. This is Julie Anderson, and I am your hostess for the program, and we have another great, great interview set up for you today on the program. As you know, at Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire, we are all about supporting women in business, and this isn't just via, uh, you know, teaching and education But it is a lot about bringing to you powerful women that either have a business that can support you and help you as you build your empire, or they have, they're entrepreneurs themselves, and they have wonderful stories, and they have built something amazing, and I want you to get to know them, because understanding what other women have done as they have built their businesses and built their empires will help you as you are building yours. And today's guest is one of those wonderful women. We were just getting to know each other uh, before the show, and she hails from British Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia. And we were talking about just the beautiful diversity of the terrain up there and the mountains and how amazing it is. But her company that she has built is also very amazing. Let me read you a little bit about her. Oh, actually, before I do that, a little bit of housekeeping. Always want to remind everyone, stay on till the end of the program because that's when you will find out how to stay in touch with my guest today, to what her websites are, and how can you, if you have an idea for this program, if you have would like to be interviewed or you have seen something amazing, read something amazing, and you want to bring that wisdom to the Women Entrepreneurs Group, That is when you will find out how to do that. All right? Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Our guest is Catherine Dahl, and she is the CEO and co-founder of Beanworks, an innovative accounts payable automation platform that connects organizations from purchase order to payment. Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to worry about any of that accounts receivable stuff and it just came automatically for you? Well, Catherine is passionate about business process improvement, and she leads with vision of making accounting easier, more efficient, and cost-effective, and lastly, more enjoyable. As a CPA and a CMA professional, she knows firsthand the challenges of financial management and is dedicated to driving change through innovation. And I want to tell you, uh, this is so important This is such an important part for business. It really is. It seems like that boring part, and because it's that boring part for the innovative entrepreneurs, it gets left behind. My husband is a perfect example of this. I can't tell you how we're we're trying to collect on a two-year-old debt as it is. I mean, something like this is very valuable for your business. Catherine's journey in in fintech, financial technology, started starting Beanworks with a small team. Her emphasis is on diversity and inclusion. Boy, isn't that valuable and important and admirable. Being nominated as the finalist in the Person of the Year BC Tech Impact Awards, she has advice for other young young professionals and what she sees in the industry that is evolving 
through this challenging time are some of the things that she, some of the wisdom that she brings. So welcome to the Women Entrepreneur Show, Catherine. Uh, thank you, Julie. Thank you very much for having me on, on the show. I'm really excited to be here today. Absolutely. Glad to have you. Well, let's just kind of dive into this. You know, I, I always ask, the first question I always ask my guests, as my listeners know, is what led you to this this point in your life? What led you to become passionate about finance and developing your company? That's a fairly long story, so I'll see if I can condense it for you. First, I just want to correct something for the listeners because accounting is a funny thing, uh, but invoices flow in in and out of companies, and uh, receivables and payables are, are the yin and yang of each other, but we're actually automating the payable side, so the money going out to uh, people who are owed money. So that's really what we um, – <clears throat> there are actually some solutions for receivables, even though that problem really is not solved well either, as you've given a prime example of your husband's company having issues with that. <laughs> um, it, is still, it is still a problem. Perhaps they need our solution to make it possible to pay you faster. That's really what we <laughs> – how we help speed that up. Um, awesome. But my journey actually started uh, at the beginning was really – I went to Ryerson uh, in Toronto, Ryerson University, which – um, is a fairly large university in Canada, um, and it was a, a Bachelor of Commerce with a sort of focus on hospitality and tourism. So I sort of got brought up in the restaurant, hotel, tourism sector, uh, worked in that space for a number of years before realizing that was a terrible lifestyle and decided to get out of that and then meandered my way through um, some other industries until I found um, business process improvement really is what drove my passion. And a friend of mine at the time just uh, recommended that I look at, at – uh, the CMA in Canada was called a Certified Management Accountancy Program, which is one of the three designations that were up here for CPAs, and, and we've now all merged into one CPA designation that would be similar to what's in the United States, uh, and also to be less confusing. Uh, but the CMA was really a management accountant. It's around uh, understanding how numbers drive businesses and understanding um, how you can affect the future of a business by understanding what, what activity is going on inside it. And you can't do that if you don't measure things. And that's really what uh, CMAs were really uh, strong on. It's a very operational accounting focus. So I ended up going into going back to school um, in the late 90s uh, when I was in my late early 30s, I should say, late 20s, early 30s, uh, having children and buying homes and renovating homes and doing all that at the same time, uh, working my way through it. And uh, five years later, I was designated, and, and I got into the accounting field, the finance teams, and I really loved it. I just said, yep, this is where I should have been from the beginning. And I've always been kind of a not not accept the status quo type of person, where if, if I could do something faster, easier, I, I jokingly say I'm a lazy accountant. Uh, why do work when you don't have to? Um, so if there's a way to leverage software, and the first software program I really used where I could do that was QuickBooks Desktop back in 98, and um, it had a bunch of features in it that you could speed up the process of payables, which is what my first cyclical accounting job was as an AP clerk. And I was keying invoices in the QuickBooks as part of my process and getting my designation. And uh, so, yeah, I was like, this is, this is really boring. Why do you want to do this over and over again? <laughs> and so I would uh, automate as much of it as I could within the software features that were there at the time. Um, unfortunately, that didn't get you all the way there. Uh, so that was sort of the set, set the seed for something that would come later in my in my career. And after moving through a couple of different roles and having now a second child and um, my kids were going into school, I just felt the need to be um, uh, in control of my schedule a bit more. So I decided to go work for myself. 
and I went out and, and worked for myself and I fell upon um, this gentleman who was starting a company called Beam Services at the time and they were doing this thing called uh, accounts payable automation. And I just said, what is that? Like, wow. You, like, did you think that, think that up yourself? Well, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, so he sort of said, yes, he thought he thought it, thought it up, which apparently wasn't totally true because it was super early days. Uh, then that would have been 2009, 2010. Um, anyway, I got so excited about it. He asked me to write an article um, in the C- national uh, magazine for the CMAs at the time. So I did, and that kind of got me involved in the subject matter, and I really liked it. So I asked him if I could join this company, and he thought it was a great idea. We were both very passionate about it, and that was sort of the beginning of the journey. We had a few bumps along the way that landed us into a different version of ourselves a couple of years later, and instead of him at the helm, I'm at the helm. And from there, it was, you know, first few years were uh, rebuild the platform to be more in line with what the market needed. Uh, bootstrap the company to the best of our ability. Uh, there were six of us that started the, 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 the current version of Beamworks. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, it was a very challenging journey to get to that, that first million dollars in revenue um, several years later. Uh, but now things are going very well and uh, the, the market is catching up uh, in that the world of, of accountants have woken up to the need. With, obviously with COVID, working from home has, has put a huge pressure on, on finance teams to figure out how to do what they normally do in the office at home. And so we've, we've kind of uh, gotten to a place where in 2020 we're, we're having a really excellent year. Um, and although certainly sectors of, uh, of our customers are negatively affected by this and transactions are down, but uh, the, rest, the rest of the businesses that have suddenly had to go home and are still active and somewhat of, some of them have grown, uh, have all been coming to us in, in, in quite uh, significant numbers to say, we need, this, we need this product now. So it's been really, um, it's actually been a very good couple of quarters for us. That's really cool. So you have obviously gone through, as you're describing that journey, there were a lot of ups and downs, and there were a lot of times where you had to learn to adjust quickly to a new situation or to new growth mm-hmm. or to change between you and your previous, uh, the other the other gentleman. So what would you say through this, these ups and downs what's what's been your biggest success so far and what did you learn from that success and from having to you know make those moves to get there well the first thing probably is a from a female perspective not not limiting myself so I I do remember having a conversation in the first company with one of our investors who I and I remember saying these words to him then that I, I could never I was a COO at the time of a very tiny company, so it's more of a glamour title, but um, or a glorified title. But what I what I said to them at the time was, I don't, I, I can't, I can't run a tech company. That that would, I could never be the CEO. And he and he looked at me. He said, You never know what you can do. Don't limit yourself. And it took another couple of years before I before that sunk in. And I thought, you know, I actually, I think I can do this. <laughs> Maybe I can do this. Uh, and it's kind of like the little engine. I always joke and say, we're the little engine that could. You know, I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's like, oh, look at this. We're going downhill now instead of uphill. <laughs> so uh, it, it's tenacity, faith in yourself, uh, not limiting. Uh, women tend to have that, uh, uh, at least most women I know, tend to have the um, approach to tackling problems that they need to be overqualified before they'll take it on rather than slightly underqualified I was very much underqualified to be CEO of a tech company. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew how to do finance. I knew how to plan 
the cash uh, path, which is a really important thing in the early days of any tech company, making sure you don't run out of money, which we almost did on several occasions, but always having that backup plan. So that's where my finance hat really helped and made a huge difference. But it's a, a lot of other female CEOs I know in tech companies, they don't, they don't have that uh, finance background. So it can be a bit more, struggle, more of a struggle for them. But it's really important to just remember that you can do it. You can do anything you set your mind to. Um, the, the sky's the limit. And uh, once I take that approach to things, I just keep searching till I find a solution to whatever the problem is. Just put it out. I called my other co-founder, Tracy Thompson, would say power to the universe. She'd say, we're just going to put it out there that we need more money. Or put it out there that we need more customers. Or we'll put it out there we need this specific role filled. <laughs> and uh, yeah. in a kind of alchemistic-like way, someone would show up and give us money or, or suddenly we'd start closing more deals or it was, uh, it was interesting how it sort of worked its way. Um, uh, we also were good at, at, at capturing opportunities and that mm-hmm. is I can't remember which book I read recently. I think it was, uh, oh, I can't remember the author, but it's about being able to, um, see opportunities, both, uh, see opportunity in both, in both failures and successes. So COVID for example, for us is, is a bad thing. It's bad luck for a lot of companies, uh, for us, it's, it's an opportunity. So wherever, throughout the history of our company where we've had what others might consider to be bad luck, and we certainly have a, a very long and uh, deep line of bad luck things in our inner story, uh, each time we, we were careful to take, try and take advantage of that, whether it's good luck or bad luck. Uh, and, you know, you can do that. You can do that in any situation. You just have to have that set of lenses on your, on your glasses that says, okay, mm-hmm. where, what can I, what could I get out of this? Can I learn something and improve and move on? Uh, can I, can I change that situation? If I think about it differently, it, 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 anything's possible if you put your mind in the right mindset for it. I love that. And I love that quote or that, what you said there that your, I guess it was your previous co-founder, your previous uh, uh, partner that you never know what you can do don't limit yourself. What a great, a great thing to put in your mind. Uh, wonderful to have a support system like that. And ladies, when you're listening, you know, the listeners, think about that within your own journey. You know, what's the next big thing that you really want to reach for? You know, don't, don't limit yourself. You never know what you can do. Don't think it's out of, out of reach. Well, Catherine, mm-hmm. with everything that's happening in business today, one of the things that that your you have an emphasis on in your company is diversity and inclusion. So how why do you think and we're seeing so much in the news right now, why do you think that it is should be a priority for all organizations? And as the women as our listeners are building their empires, why should they keep this in their lens and keep this in their business plan or in their business vision or culture? Why is that important? Well, if you're providing an application to a set of customers, unless those set of customers have no diversity, then you need diversity of thought in your company in order to build something better for them. And you, you don't get diversity of thought if you don't have diversity. And diversity comes from, like we're diverse culturally in our company, as well as uh, gender diversity. So it's making sure that you bring enough different points of view to the table so that you can collectively synergize in a way that if you're all like the same people from the same, you know, if it was all a bunch of just women, all from the same school, uh, all from a similar background, 
you have a limited uh, exposure to certain things in life. And uh, you don't get good ideas from that type of homogeneous group. You get great ideas when you bring in people from different cultures of the world um, who have had different backgrounds, who come from different schools around the world, um, and also uh, different perspectives. A female perspective is different from a male perspective. And they're both, they're both good, but they're different. So not having both of them at the table limits uh, where you can go. At least that's what I believe. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, you'll hear on my other podcast, The Brain Lady Speaks, when I talk about, I always encourage individuals, if you have a, if you're developing a board of directors or a board of advisors for yourself as you're growing your businesses, it's so important to do that. You know, you have to have, there are strengths in across the board, male, female, right brain, left brain, uh, cultural differences, uh, sex differences. You need those those because if you're like as you said your customer base is going to involve all of those people and if it's driven with one mindset with one vision then your your tunnel visions you're not going to be broad enough so i i love that and i i applaud you for that and including that within your organization now when you're feeling unfocused so let's go deep here for the for a lot of entrepreneurs male, female, and alike, you know, when we get so into our creative space in our brain, we have this big picture. And it's a little difficult to sometimes get focused. And when we're unfocused, that can stress you out. And then you're both. So what do you do when you're in that position with with your life and your business? What do you do to come out of that and get back into a, a, an active state? Well, I'm, I'm in an active state most of the time, so that's a tough question to answer from that perspective. I can, I can answer it this way. Uh, we deploy in our company the Rockefeller Habits, which is, um, if you look at there's a book by Bern Harnish called Rockefeller Habits, and then he rewrote it uh, and revised it um, for a more modern-style company, tech companies as examples, and Canadian companies, which was nice. It's called the Scaling Up, or the book's called Scaling Up. And we deploy that methodology in our company, and it really helps you stay focused uh, because there's daily huddles, there's weekly cadence of meetings. It's sort of a, a rhythm to it that keeps you, uh, as long as you maintain it and have the discipline to keep that rhythm moving, it helps keep you focused. It's like, what am I supposed to be doing today? One of the daily huddle process is like, what's my number one party today? What's my accountability metric today? These are things that just keep you in the rhythm. And if we, if we didn't have those in place, uh, especially when we went into COVID, some of that stuff, you know, you suddenly just disperse home and you're, I'm an extrovert, so dispersing home to be by myself and my family only is, uh, is not good for my mental state. <laughs> so having that ability to get on every day, have a morning call, see everybody's faces, get, go through the routine, kind of kept the train moving, even, even if we were in a lull of interest for me because I'm a bit ADHD. So I always want to do, what's the newest thing? What's the next new thing we should be doing? because uh, I, I, I hit up the product team as well. So it's like, okay, we're, let's, what, what could we be doing? It's like, whoa, COVID, let's just, we can't, we just got to hold the fort down and see what's going to happen to us here. Is it going to be good or bad? Uh, and so there was a little window where I was just like, hmm, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> as CEO, I don't really, you know, I didn't know how to do anything because the machine was running itself. Uh, so for me, it was just like getting, keeping that discipline, uh, re- regular recurrence that, that includes monthly strategic meetings, that includes quarterly planning meetings. That, and I have a business coach who helps me stay focused as well. 
And so all of those things combined um, help me stay on track when I do, if I start to deviate a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, I'm, 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 I'm probably overactivated. I had the opposite problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's all things that we have to, again, you know, when we get into that big vision place that a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves on in, it's hard to get completed in a lot of pro a lot of processes and a lot of projects are hard to pull into completion. And I love the daily huddles and the weekly, you know, the weekly meetings and the monthly strategies. If you, as you're bringing in, and I, I emphasize this, whether you have employees or you're still just in an outsourcing position with your business, you still have to have this communication with those individuals that are taking on different projects for you and your company. Because if you mm -hmm. don't, then you lose that, that focus, as you said, and that, uh, the, the project never gets finished, right? So what yeah. are some of the lessons that you've learned as CEO during this challenging time and what lead that right into what is advice that you would give? So what are some of the lessons that you've learned and what advice would you give to those entrepreneurs that are struggling? Uh, in this particular climate, uh, yeah, well, um, I mean, if you if you have learned something powerful uh, in your journey as a CEO, then by all means, please share that. Or if it's something that is more specific to having to, you know, pivot during this particular time of COVID, uh, either way, whatever you feel is just really something that would be a lesson that you have taken away that you can share with our listeners that will benefit them. I think the reason why one of the reasons why we did so well in this situation was that we were disciplined in our approach to managing the company, managing the business. And a big piece of that comes from having all the right early warning signs uh, measured every day. So we, we, we get down to a daily metric for every single employee and we're, we're not perfect at that, but probably 80% of our, of our staff would, would have a good day metric. So if you, uh, there, I can't remember which book, and it could be uh, the Scaling Up book where, where the concept is that, uh, that six data points makes a trend. And what, what I learned, I've learned in this business, uh, that this particular company, is that if you can measure the right thing, you can pivot fast, really fast. So we pivoted super, super fast. Like March, we were like, okay, this is a, we have to change our marketing strategy. People are going to care about different things. This is, this is what we used to say was a nice, potentially a nice-to-have tool and now a must-have tool. And we pivoted probably well ahead of the competition. And all of this is because we pay, pay, pay very close attention to, the, to what we believe are the right things for our business. And it really does come down to you start with forget, throwing spaghetti at the wall. So we, we started doing these habits about four years ago. And we read the book and was part of, I was part of a group here that helps um, teach it, teach the methodology. And so we sort of had no idea what we should be measuring. And so some people would look at that, and I've talked to other people who have read this book and said, well, I don't really know how to get it started. And I was like, well, just start somewhere. Start measuring something. Uh, it may not be the right thing, but you'll figure it out over. You'll figure it out quickly if you measure it in a shorter frequency, a week, a day. Um, you start measuring the right things. And, and there's a really good book, um, I think it's by John Dewar, called Measure What Matters. I could have the author wrong, but the, the book is called Measure What Matters. And that's, uh, as a CMA, obviously, I really love that stuff because uh, I, I see the, the, the line between tracking the right data and better business decisions. 
And that's probably the biggest thing I've, um, I think I knew that is why I like went into the CMA program, but I've lived it and breathed it now for the last 10 years in this company and really in the last five years. And it's, it's incredibly powerful. And, and anybody can do it, any size company, two people, doesn't have to be a large company. The, the framework in, in place, the discipline of it really makes, uh, makes a difference in driving your business. That's probably the biggest, biggest thing I've learned beyond never giving up. That's the other one. Never, Got it. never, never give up. And never, that, never that was something the old, the old CEO had a, a, like a, a little hanging plaque in his office. And that's what it said. Never, 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 never give up. And I was like, yeah, I love it. I've had to say that to myself a few times. <laughs> yep. Like, okay, close your eyes and just say that over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And then you get I love it. fear and keep going. <laughs> uh, yep. and yeah. Yeah. Fear. Don't let don't let fear stop you uh, from from achieving your dreams. Um, and the other one in terms of running a company is never run out of money. So you you've got to plan your cash. You gotta you gotta plan different scenarios. You gotta say, okay, I think I'm gonna do this, but what if I do that? What happens? How do I mm-hmm. how do I know I'm going in the wrong direction? That's where the data piece comes in again, so that I can change quickly and not spend a bunch of money that I wasn't I shouldn't have spent. That's kind of what right. injured the first company was a, was a lack of cash, uh, mm-hmm. and that in, at least in in in, uh, in tech startups, it's, it's not normal that that a tech SaaS company will make money. In in many in quite a long time, I mean, Amazon was was losing money for years. They only they, mm-hmm. they spent money to avoid making money, uh, so it's not uncommon to be taking all the cash you can and investing it in growth. Uh, but you have to be careful when you do that, and you and you have to know know what your how your business works, and you have to understand what the early warning signs are that you're going the wrong way. Uh, and yeah. and that's probably the biggest thing that I've I've learned in the last sort of five to six years in, in my role here. That's awesome. Such great advice for our listeners. Oftentimes, I know that with entrepreneurs that I work with, they don't think like the big businesses, and that stunts them from becoming a six-figure earner. So when you want to make those really big steps, you have to, of course, never give up and do all of these different things, you know, measure everything. By measuring, you're going to know where your holes are in your boat, so to speak, and you're going to know how you mm-hmm. how to plug those and how to redirect uh, energy to where it needs to be. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for being on the program today. Now, if you want to, if people want to check her out, and this is on the show page as well, her company is Beanworks, B-E-A-N-W-R-O-R-K-S, Beanworks.com. And you can stay in touch with her on LinkedIn at Catherine Dahl, D-A-H-L. So C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. D-A-H-L, Catherine Dahl. Thank you so much for being on this program. Uh, And you have a free trial for the software that helps companies, you know, that are facing disruption during COVID. You want to give us a real brief um, idea of what that looks like? Uh, yes, uh, anyone who wants to can try our software for uh, for free for 30 days. Uh, it does require a bit of setup, but it's pretty straightforward, especially if you're in a certain type of accounting software. Uh, we work with QuickBooks Online, QuickBooks Desktop, Sage products, uh, anything like that in that sort of zone. We, um, we integrate directly with the accounting system. And happy to have you guys contact us. Just, just go to our website, bnurse.com, request a demo, uh, and our team will set you up. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the program today. We greatly appreciate it. Lots of wisdom, lots of uh, life experience and things that uh, our listeners can benefit from. So thanks for taking the time and being with us today. Thank you, Julie. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. So for you wonderful listeners, get in touch with her. Stay connected with her. Again, remember that whole philosophy that you are – you, the five people that you hang with the most, that's where you're going to up level too. So when you meet individuals or you hear of individuals, I'm not saying go reach out and say, let's have a coffee, but follow her, stay connected with her, watch what she does. If she's a big business, uh, if she runs a, a business that you want to emulate things she has done, then just staying in contact and social media gives us the ability to do that. And stay in touch with us. Uh, go to Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. Remember, that is all plural, Women Entrepreneurs with an S, Extraordinaire.com. Join us. Join our movement. Uh, again, we are the one-stop shop for women, women and success, business success. We have a Facebook group under the same name, Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. The link is there. We are uh, is on the show page. Instagram, we, it is WE, so we, women, women Entrepreneurs dot we.extraordinaire. Follow us there. And if you want look at how to actually become a paid member of the group for just $10 a year, $10 a year, you can join and become a member and cross link your, our page to your website. Just gives you great SEO. You will not find a cheaper way to get gain SEO by becoming a basic member on the site. And if you're wanting to grow your business, then think about becoming a platinum member. As a platinum member, you get all kinds of extra extra things, and those extra things are uh, extra mastermind sessions, uh, online resources on a deeper level so we can really help you become a leader in your movement. All right, everyone, for now, that is it for our wonderful day here and our show our Women Entrepreneurs Show for this day in October. And we are looking so forward to the next time that we meet here online and the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire podcast. So until next time, I want everyone to simply enjoy every moment. <laughs>